Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. Markets, speculation, and risk. This is the Chat with Traders podcast, hosted by Aaron Fifield. Hey all, and welcome. Hope you are doing fine. This is episode 197. Featuring on this episode is Haim Ben-Ami. He's the CEO of Raft Technologies. Having constructed shortwave radio towers in Chicago, Frankfurt, and more recently, London, Raft have established an ultra-low-latency connection between various exchanges, which is then leased to algorithmic trading firms who seek a speed advantage. In talking with Haim, we get into why some traders are prepared to pay big bucks in order to be just a few milliseconds quicker than other market participants. We also discuss and compare the various technologies used to transmit data, shortwave, microwave, and fiber optic cable, and going beyond the connection, how firms further optimize for speed, plus what's next in the race to zero. And here's a fun fact, many most likely futures traders will be familiar with the trading software bookmap for visualizing market depth. Well, Haim was actually one of the creators. Before Raft, Haim led an algorithmic trading firm which had developed Bookmap as a tool for internal use before later on releasing it as a commercial product for public use. Lastly, the movie and blog Haim references during the interview. Links for both can be found in the show notes at chatwithtraders.com slash 197. And now... Coming to you from Israel, here is Haim Ben-Ami. In order to have the know-how of building the company you have today, obviously I'm referring to Raft Technologies, just briefly, what is your background? My background is both from the physics side and algo trading. So I, I started my career as a physicist in a high-tech company in Israel. Uh, later on, I co-founded an algo trading company. We, we took an algorithm that its target was to predict threats that trying to connect into IT systems. And we tested it 
its prediction ability. Uh, and this is how we started Velox Pro with the two additional uh, partners. So I have around background of five to seven years of active algo trading. Uh, we started on trading in a New York Stock Exchange, uh, mainly ETF, and then we moved to trade futures. Uh, every, everything was high-frequency trading. Uh, future was in uh, Chicago. Uh, so this is, in general, uh, uh, the background. By the way, this company uh, later on um, developed the product that we call today Bookmap. Uh, Bookmap was actually a development of our simulator. Uh, I'm sure that you know and you're familiar that when you develop a trading algorithm, you are testing it in simulation, then you trade. While you are trading, you are recording the market data, and then you replay it and compare between the simulation and the real trade. So all the partners, we had a, an Air Force background, so we had a, a, you know, a very sweet spot for, uh, for the briefing. So this is how Bookmap started. It was actually a development of our simulator. Uh, today, it's actually uh, a trading platform that thousands of traders are using it globally. So this is the trading background. Later on, I moved to manage a company named Intelligent. It's a wireless connectivity company that gives service to uh, large and small companies in the field of wireless. And here I gain more and more experience on the fields of RF, actually, radio frequency. So this brought me very well, these two fields that I touched, algo trading and wireless connectivity was a very good match to Raft. And when they called and offered me the position as a CEO, I was uh, very happy to bring together these two fields that I like very much. and. Here I am after I joined Raft two and a half years ago, roughly. So what you mentioned there about uh, Bookmap, and I'm sure many people who are listening to this podcast have uh, heard of it or maybe even trialed it, maybe even use it. It's quite interesting that you've released that to the public. I mean, it's kind of cool that it was something you developed at your uh, algorithmic trading firm, which you had. Uh, and then released it to the public. I mean, that's that's not very common. What? How come you made that decision to uh, make it available to others? It was a slow process. We felt in love with this product, and we started actually to even start to trade it ourselves to our own book, regardless of the um, automatic uh, automated trading. Um, and we did several cooperation with other traders that advice to us on algo trading. And when they saw it, they asked to use it uh, themselves. And we found ourselves developing this product and start to charge for using it. And slowly, slowly, it became a major income to the company. So this was the process. And eventually we decided that it will be the main focus of the company. Right. And on the trading side, what sort of success did you see as a company? You know, there was different periods during the uh, 2007 or the beginning of 2008. The trading was very, very profitable. 
later on, when volatility uh, went down, it was harder and harder to do it. And another thing that we felt is that more and more competition came into the market. And we found ourselves requiring to invest more and more uh, money in building infrastructure or acquiring infrastructure. So it's not simple or not easy for uh, algo traders, mainly small company companies like we were, to keep up with the past. So this, of course, was in the background of this decision. What year did you start Velox? Like you must have been pretty sort of one of the, maybe not the first, but you were pretty early to the HFT game. We started examining the algorithm at the end of 2006 and we established Velox at the beginning of 2007. This was roughly the timeline. So moving away from that and, and focusing on current events and what you're doing today, uh, your whole business helping traders to be more speedy. Why does speed matter so much? In general, speed is important for any kind of trade. For example, imagine yourself that you are uh, a real estate agent and you find a good deal. You know, these good deals are tends to be less time in the market because it's only a matter of time until someone else will recognize the opportunity and will take it. So time is important. Now, most of the global trading today is been done by and between computers. The exchange themselves, the matching engines, are computers. So when we are talking on speed here, we are talking very, very fast. We're talking milliseconds or even nanoseconds. So for example, nanoseconds is nine zeros after the decimal point. Okay, milliseconds, it's three points. So for computers, it's a lot of time, but for us, it looks like uh, nothing. But for the computers that trading today, such an advantage can make all the difference. So this is one point. Another point, the nature of the opportunities is that they are very, very small. It's small variations from balance that occurs in very high frequency. But since the opportunity is small, the first trader or several traders to arrive to the opportunity has the ability to take it all. So they don't leave anything to the third, fourth, or even second. So it's a winner's take it all kind of game. This is why speed is so important. If you are not among the fastest one, you will live with nothing. This is why speed is important. So I guess just to go into that a little deeper, everyone who's a trader can understand on some level why speed is important, um, but perhaps to more novice traders who, who don't quite understand uh, what goes on behind the scenes quite so well, explain why traders are willing to pay so much for a speed advantage. Because we're talking, and when I say a speed advantage, Generally, what that is, is just a few milliseconds, right? Yes, you are correct. The reason here is that, let's say that you want to shave one minute or two minutes of advantage. It will be relatively easy if you want to shave several milliseconds or even seconds. So you need to replace your 
internet connection, okay? Later on, if you want to do, to have better performances, you need to start to invest more money and in more infrastructure. To save, for example, a, a, a microsecond is much more expensive and takes a lot of effort in today's competition um, comparing to uh, save another several minutes, which is much easier. So the more you are going further to the uh, small figures, you need to invest more in order to be ahead of competitions. Let me give you uh, several examples, okay? Uh, Hibernia, uh, five years ago, put a new uh, South Ocean cable between uh, New Jersey to, uh, to London with an investment of 300 million US dollars. It saved two to three milliseconds across, uh, across ocean um, with a huge uh, investment. Okay, but no one could have done it if it wasn't for such an investment. Another uh, example that I can give if uh, the audience or you, if you saw the Hummingbird Project uh, movie, it's a Hollywood movie that was presented last, went out last year. It's explained the competition uh, between a company that put a ultra low latency fiber straight and very in, in the shortest uh, available uh, distance between Chicago to New York versus the competition of putting microwave on the same route. Uh, they beat each other by half, uh, uh, by half a millisecond, okay? But as they said in this movie, it worth $500 million per year of trading simply by arriving first between Chicago to New York. So, and again, you can imagine yourself that such a project costs around $100 million to build, but again, you are first and you can take all the low-hanging fruits. So this is just an example to give a picture to the audience uh, what it takes to be first uh, and why it's important. On that point, that's just so incredible. How long did it take to lay a direct line between uh, New Jersey, I think it was, mm -hmm. uh, New York to Chicago? That just seems like such a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. It's the construction itself. It's a matter of months if you have the fund and the money. But before it, it's years of planning of receiving the right licenses for the authoriz authorizations to go and to negotiate with landlords through which the fiber or the microwave will go through so it's a lot of preparation work the construction itself i assume it's less than a year once you have the fund and you have the money but this was a direct line and it ran un ran under the ground didn't it Yes, the fiber went under the ground. The microwave is a wireless technology uh, that take advantage of the speed of light in air. The reason that algo traders or anyone that low latency is important for him wants to go through air and not through fiber is simply because the speed of light in air is much higher 
than the speed of light in glass. Okay, air travels, or air or information travels at the speed of 300,000 kilometers per second when it travels through air. When you get it through glass, it travels at a speed of 200,000 kilometers per second. Now, anyway, both, both speeds are very high for us. But imagine yourself, this difference in, um, in speed can be translated to one millisecond advantage every 1,000 kilometers. And between Chicago to New Jersey, it's 1,300 kilometers. So you can save 1.3 milliseconds in theory, okay? Which is huge, huge advantage. It's, it's if I will tell you that you can predict 100 years ahead of the market, what will be the real estate uh, prices in any neighborhoods you want to know. It's a huge advantage for, for the computers. So what you're saying, though, is this line was installed prior to using microwave technologies yes fiber fiber was before the microwave yes and roughly 13 years ago microwave started to emerge as the new technology for low latency algo trading okay so shortly after this line was installed it pretty much quickly became redundant yeah but there is a bit more to that. There were several fibers installed. So the competition was at the beginning between different fibers who is going through the shorter distance. And then microwave came along and today the competition is between microwave. Okay, who position himself better along the route and can save additional uh, latency. Okay. Sorry, we'll move off this direct line in, in just a moment. I just find sure. it really interesting. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, who installed it? Like, was it a trading firm or was it a, a third-party company who just had this brilliant idea at the time to install this line and then lease it to uh, a trading firm or, or maybe multiple trading firms? I'm not sure how many people were using it. So for my knowledge, it was a combination so the fiber, if I'm not mistaken, was first by a corporation that offered it to algo traders. Uh, but uh, um, when the microwave kicked in, it was started with uh, algo trading companies that started to build it. Then came along more or less at the same time service companies that build microwave and offered it to uh, algo traders. Naturally, when an algo trading company is build a link, it uses it for its own needs. It doesn't offer it to the market because it wants to keep the advantage to itself. This is usually what uh, uh, what happens. But you know, it's a free market, and service company are offering themselves and their service. So this is what's happening today. Yeah. So if we look at what you've built now, your company has. Uh, towers in Chicago and Frankfurt. Yes. How come those two locations? Both venues are very large in trading volumes. Chicago is trading around $25 trillion per year and Frankfurt is around $12 trillion per year. 
So those are very big trading venues. Plus, they have they have many correlated instrument between them. Uh, of course, the S and P future, yes, or Nasdaq and Q influence the equities futures in Frankfurt and in general stocks over there. There are futures on uh, gold, oil, and so forth that customer can take, not necessarily to trade in Frankfurt, but to forward it to other venues. So there's a lot of correlation on different instruments between these two markets, which can uh, create good trading opportunities for, for companies. Okay. Just in simple terms, could you explain what, just in a very basic example of what a potential trading opportunity might be, uh, mm-hmm. given that you've got the ability to very quickly see price updates and new information between Chicago and Frankfurt exchanges? So, for example, we can take uh, to uh, um, equity future, uh, ES, that is traded in uh, um, uh, in Chicago and DAX, for example, in Frankfurt. And uh, they, are, they have a certain level of correlation between them, meaning that when one future in Chicago is moving, it's uh, influence the future in Frankfurt. Okay. This can use as an indicator for uh, for trading. Okay, it's not necessarily says that it's a, a pure arbitrage because these two futures are a bit different than each other. Okay, but still the movement in the ES future in Chicago can be a very strong signal that enables you to predict what the equity future in Frankfurt will do. And based on this indicator, you can take a trading decision, either to perform a trade or to exit from a trade, for example. Basically, this is an indicator that you can use. Do you have any customers who just purely trade, let's say, CME or Chicago, for example, uh, so they're not really too concerned what's going on in Frankfurt. Uh, is there any advantage in going through uh, your infrastructure using your connections if a trader is somewhere in the US and only trading uh, CME? Like, do they ha- do they still get a speed advantage in one way or another? Uh, no. If you don't need an indicator from an outside exchange, you don't need our service. Most of the traders today utilize and use indicators or information from outside exchanges, outside of their target exchange. So let's say that they are trading in Chicago. Of course, they will use the market data from the Chicago itself. But most of them are as well receiving market data from New York, for example, from Frankfurt, from London, from Tokyo in order to price the instrument that they want to trade and take a trading decisions. And most of your, this might be a little bit difficult to answer, but uh, most of the clients or the trading firms that use uh, your service or your connections, 
what sort of strategies are they running? Like, are they purely market making firms? Are they running sort of aggressive taking strategies? What's generally the again? We are supplying the the service or the link. Uh, we don't necessarily know what exactly they are doing or what exactly the strategies, but in general, in general terms. What we understand that they are doing, there are two ways to utilize such a latency advantage. When I'm saying a latency advantage, it's a four milliseconds advantage. Today, in order to transfer a signal from Chicago to Frankfurt, the best combination of microwave and fiber give you around uh, 36 milliseconds. Our service give you 32 milliseconds, so four millisecond advantage, which is huge. Our customers using this advantage in order to either take an opportunity uh, before it's taken by other traders or to run away, meaning if they are doing, for example, market making and they are quoting the market, they can use the advantage in information uh, in order not to perform a trade, either for risk hedging or to simply to uh, put their order further uh, into the book and away from the best bid ask. Tell me about what went into establishing your connection. Like, for example, I presume you had to buy some land. There was obviously constructing the towers, laying cables to the exchanges or to some sort of data center. Uh, tell me a little bit about what, what was involved in, in setting all of this up. So first of all, our mission was to develop a low latency modem that is tailored to the shortwave frequencies. Shortwave is a nickname of uh, the frequencies between 3 megahertz to 30 megahertz. There is a unique phenomena that happens only for these frequencies. For them, the atmosphere of Earth is like a mirror. And this physical phenomena allows one to transfer signal to through a very, very long distance without using satellite, without using fiber. So as you said, we have one antenna in Chicago and one antenna in Frankfurt. That's it. Nothing in between. It is 7,000 kilometers that we transfer our signal through air. So this is the basic components of the infrastructure. As you said, we need to acquire the land or lease the land. The location is very important. It should be very close to the exchange. And uh, there are several considerations of receive and transmit. Of course, we need and we apply and we receive license to do it from the local government. This is another important ingredient. And then there is the connection to the uh, exchange itself. Our customers put in their trading machines in co-location in proximity to the exchange. And we put our switch at the same co-location. So, Although it sounds like a very complex system, at the end of the day, we give a point-to-point -point service. 
So our customers need only to cross-connect to us at the colocation. They are right into our API, which is a simple interface. And that's it. They are good, they are good to go. Okay, so when you say they just need to cross-connect, what that means is uh, they have a server at the exchange already. Yes. And then that just plugs into your server at the exchange too. Yes, to our switch. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's a cable. That's it. So how close to the exchanges is the land which you've built these antennas on? Uh, it Outside of the city, it, it can be anything between three mile to six mile. Um, if you saw, for example, I don't know if the audience are familiar with the Sniper of Mawa uh, blog, which uh, uh, explained and described it was back at 2018, if I'm not mistaken, when uh, first news on this new technology started to emerge. And this was the first time that information was started to be uh, to go uh, public. Um, so the antenna is outside of the city, the main receive or transmit antenna. And we are connecting with something we call last mile, which can be simple microwave into the colocation. Are there any like regulations around or to the exchange uh, stipulate any rules for how close your tower can be to the exchange or is it purely up to up to you about what land you can lease or purchase in, in the closest distance? No, there is no specific regulation. It's the same like anything that you want to build, uh, either be it microwave or fiber or a simple internet connection. It's merely another communication that comes into this building with the regular uh, regulations. Are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U.S. markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You spoke about shortwave. Now, uh, just a question around terminology here. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between microwave and shortwave? Is that the same thing or are they slightly different? The physical phenomena itself, it's the same physical phenomena. It's a radio frequency, it's part, but this is different frequencies 
of the radio frequency. So short wave is the frequencies between 3 megahertz to 30 megahertz, and microwave is around 10 gigahertz. So one and then nine zeros after it. So it's much, much higher frequencies. Okay, so what's ideal for trading? Obviously, shortwave. Uh, it depends on the applications because microwave uh, can travel up to uh, 15 mile and then you need a repeater. Okay? But while shortwave can travel thousands of kilometers without requiring any repeater. The physics uh, implication of of higher or lower frequencies allow shortwave to travel long uh, distance without scattering through the atmosphere, while uh, microwave, for physical reasons, is scatters uh, much uh, faster and uh, actually disperse after up to uh, 15 miles, something like this. Um, so this is the difference. So if you want, for example, to connect to two trading centers in the vicinity of New York, use microwave. If you need long distance and it, if you need to cross an ocean, use shortwave. So it's it depends on the application. Okay, when when did shortwave begin to be utilized by trading companies? Like, is this? It's it's a fairly new-ish technology. Shortwave was with us started to be used by uh, as a technology mean 150 years ago, mainly to connect long-distance uh, UK colonies. This is was the the start of this uh, technology. Um, it was never tailored to low latency. It was never very important. For, uh, for example, armies that use this technology, if they receive it, uh, you know, how fast they receive their transmission. But once it was started to be used for uh, algo traders, then the low latency become an issue. And this was one of the main challenges of Raft, to take this phenomena, to take this technology, but to add the challenge of low latency. For my experience, knowledge the first time that it, that it was that any firm tried to develop such technology was back in 2011, but it was only uh, uh, you know uh, first bird, and it was taken more seriously from 2013-2014, when several from again from my personal knowledge started to try to develop this kind of technology. This was when uh, rough technologies was established as well. Uh, and as we said, it was around in a stealth mode until 2000, until last year, actually. And since mid of 2018. Yeah. So is it fair to say that shortwave technology is pretty much industry standard uh, today? when crossing an ocean is is necessary uh, it's not yet the industry today understand uh, i mean the the financial industry the algo traders understand that 
this is the DEX technology that is defining uh, a new uh, benchmark of latency. Uh, but it's still a premium service. I assume that it will take another five years until it will become a standard. And from what I see, traders understand, algo traders understand that uh, they will need to use this technology. The question is more when, not if. So what are other... Uh, trading firms which are dependent on reducing latency as much as possible, how are they transmitting data uh, between exchanges overseas uh, if they're not using shortwave? Because you mentioned microwave needs like a mm -hmm. uh, repeater or an extender every, uh, I'm not sure how. how it's every uh, 20, up to 20 kilometers, something like this. Okay, so what are they doing if they're not using shortwave? They're using uh, fiber, fiber optic. Uh, they Which are runs under the ocean. Exactly. Uh, there are different uh, types of fiber, different technologies. For example, there are around 10 fiber optics that are crossing the Atlantic. Each one is in a different grade of technology, different distance. Um, and of course, prices are accordingly. So each trading firm can decide how much it's willing to pay uh, for, for each service that is being offered. Just a question around this and sort of more, I guess, a business-related question. If you're offering this uh, technology as a service to multiple firms, so anyone who's willing to pay the price, how... Uh, how is how is one firm getting an advantage over the other? Like I understand they're not all trading the exact same strategy, but I presume they're probably correlated to a certain extent. Um, yeah, how would you answer that? So, first of all, every firm has its own uh, secret source, as you said, regarding uh, its algorithms. It's a combination of how to define indicators. It's a combination of what to trade and when, how to manage your risk. There is a lot of knowledge and advantage in this, uh, uh, in this part of the algorithms. On terms of, mer uh, of the infrastructure itself, uh, we as a company, we don't offer uh, different latencies to different companies. We are offering the same service and the same parameters to all our clients. So when it come, when you come, when a firm come to and ask itself um, how it can gain uh, a latency advantage, uh, when it comes to infrastructure, it's a question of either to use it or not to use it. If you will use our infrastructure, you will gain a huge advantage on anyone that doesn't use it. But you will not gain an advantage uh, on, on our other clients. It's not something that we offer, even for a, a higher price. Uh, we believe that as a service company, we need to offer the market the same deal. This is the idea. So the algo trading companies need to decide 
if they adopt a technology, be it shortwave, be it microwave, be it FPGA, for example, that most of the algo trading companies are using and utilizing today. So this is the question that they need to ask themselves in regards to infrastructure. Uh, can you just explain what you mean by FPGA a little further? And I guess this leads into uh, naturally what would be my next question is, so beyond the connection, what efforts are these firms going to to further reduce latency, like beyond just the connection? So you mentioned FPGA. Can you just describe that a little more and any other examples which you're aware of? FPGA is the initial or field programmable gate array. It's actually a kind of chip like we have in our computers. But the difference is that you can program this chip, meaning you don't simply produce it in its thousands and make it in a way that it can't be changed. Okay? FPGA is a chip that you can install in your trading system and translate part of your algorithms into the FPGA. Since FPGA is a chip, it's a hardware, it, more, it works much, much faster than software. So once a, an algo trading firm starts to use FPGA and transfer its software-coded algorithm into hardware-coded FPGA, it gains additional advantage in latency. I'm talking around several hundreds of micros. This is the advantage. Micro is uh, six zeros after the decimal point, just to put the audience in context. This is the advantage that you can gain. So you're talking about millionths of a second? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. The whole FPGA chip thing just totally blows my mind. <laughs> How sophisticated can the algos be, which are, uh, I guess, FPGA chips? Like, do they just do very simple operations or are some of them quite sophisticated strategies? Usually, FPGA is being utilized uh, mainly to disseminate the market data. Imagine yourself that you need to digest huge amounts of data in order to extract the unique indicators that you want to install in you, into your algorithms. Digesting such huge amounts of data from different sources takes a lot of time in software. So this is one of the main motivation to use FPGA. The trading algorithm itself can be coded on FPGA again as well. But it doesn't necessarily need to say that it's complex or simple. Well, Haim, you've been in this game for a while now, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes uh, as it's forever evolving. Do you have any ideas about how the race to zero might evolve further? Uh, yes, I think that I see two dimensions to the race to zero. One is on the technological level or bringing together several technologies. For example, on the route between Chicago to London that we 
now offering Chicago to London, not only Chicago to Frankfurt. From six months from today, we will offer Chicago to Tokyo, 10,000 kilometers with short wave. So first you need to evaluate the race on a specific link. Okay, so let's take Chicago to uh, London as an algo trading firms. You can use or combine several technologies together, put your computers in collocation, use FPGA, use shortwave, and so forth. Okay? So this is on the technological uh, level. On the geographical level, I expect that we will see a repetition of it happening on different rounds. For example, the first microwave was built between Chicago to New Jersey. Next followed uh, inside the uh, New York metropolitan, London metropolitan, then London to uh, London to Frankfurt. Okay, so once a technology is established, gradually it's taking or it's conquering more and more uh, links. By the way, same happened when uh, the exchange. Uh, become uh, computized. I mean, it didn't happen everything overnight. It started with the United States, moved to Europe, and, and hence uh, go forward. So the same will happen with shortwave and will keep on happening with the microwave. So as we, as we fill in all the field of our lives, the idea is to keep on adopting the new technologies. This is uh, the idea, and this is what I think lay uh, the basis of chemo, keep on being a successful trader. Keep on evolve, keep on search and hear about new technologies. Keep your mind open, okay? And you don't necessarily need to adopt a certain technology in a certain exchange. You can wait it to arrive to exchange that you are already familiar with, for example. so. This is the two levels that I see. Do you foresee a time where technology may supersede uh, shortwave? From physical point of view, we arrive to the limit. There's, I mean, Einstein proved to us that there's nothing faster than the speed of light in air. So we arrived to the physical limit of speed. By the way, microwave has the same speed of light that shortwave has. The only difference is that shortwave can do it for 10,000 kilometers and microwave to 20 kilometers, for example. So from theoretical point of view, we arrive to the, uh, to the physical limit. This is why I'm saying that the future lays on combinations of different uh, uh, technologies. Another thing that we'll see happen is like we experience with uh, internet or with the cellular that we see newer and newer generations allows us to transfer more and more data over these links. This is the same happens in microwave and same happens in shortwave. So this technology itself will keep on to evolve. Just as you were talking there and you spoke about expanding uh, to set up in London and Tokyo as well, I think. Yes. Are there firms already 
like some of the dominant players in HFT, uh, which already are utilizing this technology. They might have uh, antennas which run from Chicago to London already using shortwave technology, um, but just like obviously not sharing it with others. Uh, you know, very different situation to you where you're just building the infrastructure and then, uh, you know, people can lease it from you. Um, is it the case that some of these big players and, you know, maybe some of them are your clients, I'm not sure, but is it the case where they just go out and build their own towers? Uh, my estimation is that there are. I can tell you if it's one, two or ten. I assume it's very, very few. Again, but this is my knowledge and my intuition. Um, of course, it's not something that they talk with me about. It's not something that they are sharing because, as you said, they are keeping it to, uh, to themselves. Um, from our point of view, it doesn't make a lot of difference because let's say that even one company has one link. It not necessarily says that it will not use or utilize our link either because it doesn't has it yet or at all doesn't plan to do it or it decides that from cost-effective point of view it's better to them to buy a good service rather to maintain a technology because to develop and maintain such technology costs a lot of money um, or they simply want more bandwidth on the same route uh, we as a service company we offer it to all the markets and we we don't care if you already have this technology or not. This is our position. All right, Hayne, well, let's wrap it up on that note. If someone wants to find out more info about what you do, where is the best place to go? Simply go to our website, raft, R-A-F-T, middle-tech.com and send us an email to our info. This is how many of our customers arrive to us simply search into shortwave or rough technologies and send us a, an email. So it will be very easy to do. Very good. And are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Yes, it's Haim Benami. At Haim Benami. Uh, that's it. This is where I am. Okay. Very good. Well, I appreciate your time, Haim. It's been an interesting conversation and, uh, you know, I find these, this nerdy stuff uh, very interesting. So, uh, yeah, thanks once again, and let's chat soon. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. You've reached the end of this episode of Chat with Traders, but rest assured, there are more episodes loaded with real market insight and zero hype on the way soon. So to stay updated with each great new release, subscribe to the podcast and iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. We'll catch you next time on Chat with Traders. Oh,